technical difficulties there were rough work schedules there were camping trips there were vacations i wasn't sure you were ever going to hear from us again i about turned into bill o'reilly a second ago on this thing also (laughs) but here we are bones dk golf show returns my name is edge follow me on golf guy wv on twitter uh my quest to 100 rounds continues was actually in myrtle last week that's why i couldn't host the podcast uh for the civil war West Virginia versus North Carolina, 6v6. North beats the South 7-5, to but we did just about everything we could possibly do to lose it also. We started 0-4 in our first four single matches of the day. <laughs> so uh, props to my buddies from the North for, uh, for winning. Nothing but respect for my boys from the South. Though, as I said on Twitter, gentlemen, golf guys, and I'll tell you what, grinders. It was a long week, boys. Speaking of the boys... TW Man joining us from Tampa. How you doing, Wild Man? You were the only guy that was actually available for the podcast last week, and I didn't see a single shot of the Wells Fargo. What can you tell us about that also? I was available, but at this point in my life, I can barely remember 12 hours ago. <laughs> so I don't even know where I was a week ago or what happened. Uh, uh, I will say this. It's pretty remarkable that you guys gave up such an incredible lead and didn't just completely, completely fold, you know, mentally. Well, you know what? They were trying to get on, like, that app, like, three birdies for live scoring at the beginning of the week, but my phone was, like, about to crap out. I'm like, I can't get on it. And so I don't think anybody ended up getting on it. But if we had live scoring, I'm sure we could have lost that thing for sure. But nobody knew where anybody stood. You know, once the first group came in, they had to relay the scores back like the old days, like the Pony Express. You know what I mean? And it came to 18, and they, they finally knew the scenario on 18 when one match was already decided. So we got really lucky. Those guys from, from the South were incredible golfers. Like I said, the guy that I played should have beat me all three days. I'm not putting him down, man. I mean, he was excellent. He outplayed me. We just stole points from him. I got, you know, it's match play. If you play a great hole, you know, and even if they make a, if you make a birdie and they make a par or a bogey, man, you know, you got a good chance of winning it. So, uh, my, the namesake of the podcast though, here real quick, you were also out bones DK. You were in Utah camping. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, much needed a uh, little, little quick camping trip to Utah. It was snowing here. It was just so cold. Uh, we snuck away to Utah. I uh, didn't have phone service for a day or two. It was 85 degrees. It was a great, great trip. Much needed. Uh, so I'm feeling great this week, uh, pretty relaxed, and just want to watch some golf and win some money. Do you have a vacation hangover, though? Because I saw you also send a tweet, just or not a tweet, you sent me a text message privately of like a 10-second video pouring down snow right now today in Keystone. Or was it two days ago in Keystone, Colorado? Uh, it was two days ago. I woke up with some snow in the car this morning. Uh, we do have a little sun, but it's like, it's like 37 degrees and... And the snow melted, but yeah, it's. Uh, I might need another quick vacation uh, in the next week or so because uh, it's not warming up anytime soon. As far as we went last week, had a few min caches, and and it was really one of those tournaments that was was kind of weird because you know Rory McIlroy was the favorite, like the odds-on favorite to win it, and lo and behold, Rory McIlroy goes ahead and win it. And like I said, Steve, you were kind of the only one wild man that was able to watch the the tournament this weekend. Can you? You know, give any insight into into what happened this week, or any final thoughts, any any anything you'd like to offer. Well, we talk about Rory all the time, and 
and I think I've said it on a podcast before, you know, it's not a matter of if, it's just when, you know. Every time that guy tees it up, I mean, he can win. He had gone since 2019 since winning, and he had weird press conferences and things like that where he's saying, you know, he just doesn't know if he has it in the tank anymore. On the 18th tee, the 72nd hole, he actually went into the hazard, elected to take a drop. If you were watching this, you know, he went back and forth with his caddy for about 10 minutes, elected to take a drop. His ball was up, elected to take the drop, hit a blistering iron shot from the deep rough on the left side of the ravine up to about 25 feet and two-putted for the win. So um, he still got it. You know, he's right there. Anytime you're you're looking for tee to green stuff and, um, you know, got, like the cream rising to the top, you know, he's he's going to be right there every time despite his form. And I'll tell you what, man, you look back a couple weeks ago, Beats got back in the winner's circle. Now Rory's got back in the winner's circle. I wonder if COVID has uh, – you know, just this change in their routine has sort of uh, um, had these guys reawaken, if you will. You know, so who knows what we're going to see. Next week's a major. Keep that in mind, too. I think I read Rory didn't make a bogey in 72 holes also this past weekend in Charlotte. So uh, he was fantastic. A lot of people high on Jordan Spieth this week, too. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Let's talk about this week. It is the Byron Nelson it's at the TPC Craig Ranch, uh, 72, par 72, that is. Just a little more than about 7,400 yards. Uh, longer par fours and threes. In fact, three of the par threes is going to play at well over 200 yards. I think the longest one tops out at 240 is what I heard. Four par fives, though, appear to be reachable in two. So, um, you know, they're bent grass greens. They're running at 11 and a half. There is water in play on 14 of the 18 holes, but... Um, the average size green out here, guys, is 7,000 square feet. So these are huge greens. And like I said, short par fives, manageable par fours, manageable par threes. This this has a chance to be a birdie fest, Bones DK. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I'm looking at guys that can, can score eagles as well. I know there's a couple short par fives. So uh, there's going to be a lot of scoring, a lot of streaks this week. I'm definitely looking at guys that can putt. It's going to turn into a putting fest. Uh, on bent grass, so, you know, looking at guys that play well in Texas. And, uh, you know, like you said, the greens are bigger, so the stroke scheme approach that is kind of almost eliminated here just because a lot of people are going to be hitting greens. So uh, you're just going to really need to make some putts from the Eagles this week. Yeah, Ryan Palmer, um, who we love on this podcast, uh, said about the course, he's played it about a dozen times, expects the Bombers to be at an advantage here because of the large greens, and it's going to turn into a putting contest. That's from Ryan Palmer, right out of the horse's mouth right there. So the interesting part about this week, though, Wildman, is that this is a course, there's no history here. This is the first time the Byron Nelson, which has been jumping around, I guess, over the last decade or 15 years on the PGA Tour, it's the first time the Byron Nelson has ever been here at the TPC Craig Ranch. So, you know, a huge factor when anybody is researching these courses is to go back and look at course history. But if you don't have that statistic in front of you, if you don't have that evaluation, how, what are you looking at here? How are you gaining your edge this week in your lineups? Yeah, and um, that's a great point because, you know, the Byron Nelson is pretty famous for this. It's played it, it. It jumps around quite a bit. Like the longest stop it's had over the last several years is like two or three years at a certain course. So, but you know, you're, you're still going to see similar results because Texas golf is Texas golf. Um, and you know, we, we look at all these courses like the Valera, Texas open, 
NHL Houston, um, CPC San Antonio for the match play. Has very similar courses in the way they run. Obviously, there's going to be different water, different traps, you know, different undulations on the greens and stuff like that. But we're definitely looking for Texas type of golf here. You know, you mentioned Palmer. Um, he's a guy that loves Texas golf. He's a Texas guy. Uh, but yeah, going with no history. I think the web.com tour played here, which is now the Corn Ferry Tour, like nine or yeah. ten years ago. For, for me, yeah, that was like well. way, way too long to even care. Um, but, you know, you're looking at guys like local Dallas-Fort Worth guys that know the course, know the the environment, uh, the Jordan Spieth, the Scotty Scheffler, the Ryan Palmer, to name a few, Billy Horschel. Uh, actually, I don't know if Billy's in the field this week. But uh, those are the guys I'm kind of looking at um, before we even take a look at what kind of staff we're looking at. Because, by the way, 8,000 square feet, is that what you said? Or is it 7,000 square feet? 7,000. The average green size. That is, I mean, if you're in your house right now, look around. You probably don't have a 7,000 square foot house. You might not even have one half the size of that. I don't. That's gigantic. I mean, that looks huge. Yeah, so, that's going to be very interesting how that plays out. Are you, Bones DK, paying attention to the interviews that any of these guys are doing pre-week? Are you listening to their practice round pressers? Are you listening to their experiences out there? And is that going to help dictate your lineup at all? Or uh, what sh- I know you uh, talked about strokes gain, but like, what are you looking at? I know you're always looking for the edge. What's your edge with no course history? Are you thinking about going back to that web.com tour and looking at course history in 2012? I know one guy has decent history, uh, and it was Leaky Man had like a, a top 10 here or something in, in the Corn Ferry Tour in 2012. So I know that's the only big name that really pops out. I'm not looking too much into that. I am looking at Leachman because of that. Um, he's playing pretty good, I think, coming off of fifth place. So he, he's a pretty interesting play, but I'm looking at Balmer. You're going to get guys that can take risks here because of how big the greens are. So, I mean, you know, a guy like Bryson definitely sticks out. And I'm looking uh, hard into the Texas courses. I know we said that already. And, you know, Dallas Torres is another guy. He actually had the shortest commute to the course this week. Uh, he he lives, uh, you know, I guess a couple miles away from this course. So, I'm looking into that as well. And I'm really looking to bent grass uh, uh, putters here. Guys that can uh, putt well and bent grass. Yeah, you got to watch your ownership on Zalatoris, though. A lot of the uh, research prep I did for this podcast had a lot of a lot of people, a lot of mainstream websites talking about Zalatoris. This guy, we love local guys on the podcast. The previous winner of this tournament back in 2019, they didn't play it last year, is Sung Kang. And I think I read somewhere this is like one of his home courses, in fact. There's a lot of support for him at this course. He knows it really well, and he won in 2019. So just keep that guy in mind. I just wanted to throw that out before we got into the field here, that Sung Kang was the winner in 2019. So... DJ dropped out of the tournament. So if you're looking at your top-tier guys this week, Brandon DeChambeau is going to be the highest-priced player on DraftKings. Right behind that, you're going to have John Rahm. Uh, We just talked about Jordan Spieth, who, by the way, hasn't played this month, but top five in five of his last seven starts, and you just said he loved Texas golf. Is he worth the $10,700? We'll let the guys answer that in just a second. Matsuyama's $10,300. Berger back on the scene he's at 10,100 and then you get Kepka at 9,900 so right off the get-go Bones DK what's your strategy for building a lineup and is it heavy hitter up front yeah I'm looking at a lot of these guys up top I usually play a more balanced build I have been about probably the last four tournaments and I'm really looking to go stars and scrubs here um I'm still digging a little 
little bit in the $6,000 range. But uh, again, I love Dallas Torres, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, uh, Bryson DeChambeau. I'm going to try to fit those guys into my lineup this week. So I'm, I'm going to squeeze them in as best I can. Yeah, an easy course. I just love Brandon DeChambeau because the guy can just bomb it. And you know what? He can actually run in some putts, too. I don't know exactly where he ranks on tour, but it seemed in the major that he won, he was certainly running in putts. Wild man, any of those guys on top going to start in your lineup this week? Yeah, and I mean, one of the key things I'm looking at this week is par five scoring because these are where you're going to get a lot of opportunities. Gigantic greens, running, uh, you know, sh- uh, long irons or three woods up onto the green and having these eagle putts. I expect eagle opportunity to be a plenty. And, um, you know, I have a theory here where, where, you know, there's a lot of long par fours on this course as well that measure over 450, closer to 500 yards. Those are essentially par five, you know. So the guys that do well on stroke gain par five means they're making birdies and eagles. Those holes, those long par fours correlate very well to a short par five. So if you're scoring well on the long par fours, also, that means you're making threes and fours on those holes, birdies and pars, not eagles and birdies. But I'm putting extra weight into stroke gain par five because I believe that that statistical category will uh, be more important than the maybe the limited data on the longer par four data, if that makes sense. So I'm putting extra weight on strokes game par five, uh, which, again, obviously correlates to the Bombers who can get it out there, like Bryson, uh, like John Rahm, Patton Kazire is a guy down low who can hit it, Cameron Champ. Um, these are all the guys that can really poke it off the put themselves in positions to you know, have 35-footers for eagles. Um, which in DraftKings, one eagle essentially is the same as a birdie streak. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. I'm, I'm weighing heavily on longer hitters and, and strokes game par five. The guy we like a lot on this podcast, Zalatoris, is at 9,700. Fitzpatrick, 9,500. Scotty Scheffler, we just heard Bones DK. Uh, I don't know if we heard him make a case, but we certainly heard his name, 9,400. Burns at 9,300. Leishman, we certainly heard you talk about Bones DK, 9,200. And then Palmer, who I was talking about, at 9,100. Just talk a little bit about that mix of guys that I talked about. Any of them going to find their way in your lineup? Yeah, Ryan Palmer is uh, one of the best par five scorers on tour. And uh, again, you know, maybe he doesn't have that much of an advantage because of how easy these par fives are. So, I want to look at that as well, but, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of Eagles that, that guys get opportunities uh, that usually don't. So I, I, I like Palmer. He, he's interesting. I think he's going to get a lot of love this week. Um, I'll try to get some ownership projections up here in a little bit. But uh, I told you, Mark Leishman coming off the fifth place, the Masters, uh, has good course history back in 2012 here, the only history. Um, so he's someone I'm, I'm looking at. Um, but I'm heavy on Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I'm not going to miss on this guy's first win. And I'm heavy on him this week. I'm, I'm probably going to bet him to win. I just love this guy. Um, and, and I'm going to start my lineup with Jordan Spieth. I'll, I'll just tell you guys right now, my, my, my top combo right now is Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler. That might be the chalky combo, but I'm not even looking at the ownership up top right now. I'm not too worried about it. Chalk's been hitting. So those are my top two plays. Uh, and, and obviously Big Z, I've been calling his name for a couple weeks now, so I don't want to miss on him either. Uh, so I'll try to squeeze him into a, another lineup of mine. So those, those are probably my top three plays. The top is Jordan Spieth, 
Scotty Chepler and Zalatoris. Are you guys looking at DraftKings right now? Because on DraftKings, this has to be a mistake. It says that Zalatoris has been in 16 top 10s this year, and he's made 30 out of 32 cuts. That can't be right, is it? Yeah, I don't know where they're getting that. This that yeah, it, it is accurate. I don't know why they're showing that many like rounds and all or tournaments and all that, but true. Interesting. All right, that uh, includes his corn fairy stuff as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. Uh, who's your top combo, Wild Man, this week? Anybody in that top two, uh, top tier, I should say? Well, I mean, look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wear it on my sleeve. I'm not a beast guy, uh, but but look, he's how can you argue him right now? Uh, in my model, he's actually the number one ranked par five player. Uh, he's a local Texas guy. Texas Longhorn collegiate player, uh, winner on the tour recently with another slew of top, a couple top fives, tens. I mean, look, you, you gotta like him. Um, um, he's very, very hard to get off of right now up top. I mean, look, I'd also say this. I mean, you got Hideki coming in off the Masters, right? And and it seems like even now that winning a major isn't going to get this guy the respect he needs. So he's a guy to look into, uh, especially with with you know, where the short game might not come into as much play because the greens are so wide. You know, sometimes he can get a little squirrely with his short game and, and miss those seven-footers for par. But if those seven-footers are for birdie or, you know, 20-footers for eagle because his seed of green game is lights out like it was a few weeks ago at Augusta, uh, he's a guy I'd, I'd watch out for. All right, good stuff there, guys. Um, we look at the $9,000 tier. you got Garcia, Day, Kim, uh, English, Peters, Westwood, uh, Kucher down there at 8,200. So, uh, and that next tier there, Bones DK, uh, boy, uh, you know, Garcia's at 9,000, Day's at 89. Kim might be a good price at 88. English, 87. Peter's 86. You go down the line. Uh, who you got there? Yeah, this isn't my favorite range, but uh, if I were to play anybody, it's going to be Siwoo Kim. Uh, this guy's playing great golf right now. A ninth, a 23rd, a 12th, and a 33rd in his last four tournaments. He also puts best on bench uh, considerably. He, uh, he hates Bermuda. And this guy is gaining all over the place. The only thing he's lost in his putting, and that was at the RBC Heritage uh, last tournament. So this guy's gaining all over the place. I think he's in serious form. So I do like Siwoo Kim here. Um, and then, you know, I don't have much of a case for him, but I'd probably pick Aaron Wise. 8,300. Um, I just saw him pop up a little bit. He he likes Ben Grass. He's in pretty good form. Coming in off a ninth at the Wells Fargo. So uh, that's the one I'm looking at there, the 8K range. What about Lee Westwood, wild man, at 8,500? Any interest? No, no interesting Westwood this week. Uh, the one guy I'll mention is Harris English, who is checking the boxes for me this week and it's actually of course I feel like works very very well for him because he can hit it very far and uh, um, you know those big greens should give him some opportunities but looking back at his form he's only finished one tournament under par since January 14th one tournament under par and he was one under at the Waste Management Phoenix Open in his last seven events so he either missed the cut or finished over par in all of those events. Now, some of them were tough, and he's got a couple couple top 30s sprinkled in there. But, man, I, I my uh, my model says Harris English, but I'm going to uh, 
I don't know if I can if I can pull the trigger on that. Well, I'll tell you what is an interesting price range is seven thousand to eight thousand because you've got some guys that we absolutely love on this podcast. Um, but I'll go through the top half here. You got Champ at eight thousand, Norin at seventy nine, Gooch at seventy nine, Howell at seventy eight, Ortiz. A lot of people like Ortiz this week at seventy eight. Ricky Fowler, pretty Ricky, 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 gets back into the PGA Tour event here. He's at seventy seven hundred. You got uh, Russell Knox at 7,700. I mean, it's loaded down here in this 7,000 range. I do want to throw Bones DK some props. He's been on Scott Stallings the last few weeks. He's at 7,500 this week. Does he move the needle for you at all, Bones? But you got, like, Van Ruyen in there at 7,400. I mean, you can just go down the list. The Gim Reaper at 7,500. I mean, there's a lot of guys in here that they could possibly make or break your lineup this week here this is a tough range but it's an interesting range who do you like out of this one bones uh man this is a very interesting range uh i I really dug deep into this one yesterday just trying to figure out who i like you mentioned scott stalling uh that dude is an incredible par five player i mean he he hits it within like seven feet sometimes uh he's interesting He, he doesn't putt well on bent grass and he has been putting well lately so you want to be you know, you, you want to be wary of that. Um, I'm really looking at Doug Game. I don't know what the hell to do with this guy. He just sucks at putting. I mean, uh, he is killing me, man. Uh, he's just gaining incredibly with his irons in off the tee. Tee to green is incredible. And he does putt better on Ben. He, he prefers Ben over any of the grasses. So I'm probably going to lock him, lock him in one more week. And, and if he just burns me again, uh, I might have to give up on him. But I'm, I'm going to play Doug Gim this week. Uh, hard look at Scott Stalling. Uh, Peter Uline's play pretty uh, good golf. I'm looking into him. Uh, he, he seems to play well in Texas. And uh, I was big on Ortiz at first, but I don't know. He's getting a lot of love, and he actually blew up. Um, last week he was playing really well in the, in the beginning and ended up coming in 65th i mean almost last place at the wells fargo after making the cut and he's coming off a miscut 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 15th miscut 65th so i don't know his form doesn't seem seem to be there if he's gonna be chalked i'm, I'm gonna fade him actually this week what interests you wild man out of this juicy juicy seven to eight thousand dollar range I'm looking at uh, Sebastian Munoz is one of my favorite players of the entire week. Uh, he's a Texas guy. He's got good history in Texas. Uh, made 20 birdies at the Valero in early April. Um, you know, he's a guy that hasn't been very consistent lately. But again, I think that he can pour in birdies and and hopefully be able to avoid those squirrely irons, getting him into some trouble. I, I like Munoz a lot as a guy where it's probably going to take, you know, 20 under 21 under to win it and probably 15 under to you know get inside the top 10 so he's a guy that can do it historically um you know you're gonna need a guy that can make seven eight nine birdies in a round not every guy can say that by the way uh peter uline do you guys know who peter uline is i don't he's the heir to the foot joy uh uh fortune okay. his dad like started foot joy and, uh, you know, he's been bumming around the Corn Ferry Tour and, you know, occasionally will pop up on the PGA Tour with a sponsor's exemption or plays his way into a couple of events. But um, just a fun fact there for, the, for those of you who don't know who Peter Uline is. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Ortiz, I don't know, man. I think Ortiz is going to be super high-owned as well. 
nah, I don't know. If you're getting Ortiz like over, say, 10, 11, 12%, I, I just don't think that's a good spot for him. Uh, Fowler is a joke. I want to leave that guy. Bones, DK, any, you know, anybody. Like, have you ever heard a guy fall further than Fowler? I mean. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. He's just like made a ton of money, started like partying on boats with hot, hot women. And, <laughs> you know, the rest is history. Right? Hey, you, is know, history. you know, I'd rather be a, I'd rather be a good golfer. Yeah, sure you would. <laughs> um, any final thoughts, Bones DK? There is one guy I left out that I wanted to mention. Uh, Seventy four hundred dollars. His name is Ben Martin. Uh, I like this guy coming off at eleventh place at the Wells Fargo. Uh, gaining on approach, gaining, gaining off the tee. I love Ben Grass. Uh, so he gains a lot on Ben Grass. The guy's in great form. Uh, two top tens in the last four tournaments for him. He just got to the RBC Heritage. We're not really looking too hard into that. And a 34th at the Texas Open uh, a couple weeks ago. So this guy likes Texas. And I'm going to, I'm going to, hopefully he can top 10 this tournament. Uh, TW Man 66, who is your golf cast flyer of the week? This is a this is a big time stretch for everybody who's listening this far. This guy, man, is his recent form terrible. But you know what? He he played a team event with his Norwegian countrymen. They made a run. He's playing well. Was playing well, I should say. For my model, he checked out number fourteen in strokes gained par five, number one in strokes gained putting on bent, number sixteen overall. He's sixty four hundred bucks. Norwegian Christopher Ventura. If you look at his recent form on drafting, grab a barf bag. Okay, <laughs> this guy has nothing lately. Uh, but but look, it's a course. These kinds of courses that are a little weird and just allow you to grip it and rip it sometimes can spark these longer hitters that can play par five as well. So I'm looking at Christopher Ventura as the uh, $6,400 flyer of the week. That is awesome stuff right there, guys. And uh, Bones DK, before we sign off, I want to talk about the Bone Collector on Twitter. Uh, put out a blog for Bones Brothers Media. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, this is uh, Andy Bones. He's the fourth Bones brother. Uh, we've been trying to get him involved with the Bones Bro Media lately. Uh, the guy is extremely talented and funny. Uh, stay tuned for more of his content. The guy, the guy is hilarious. Uh, that is the that is the fourth brother. Uh, I'm the youngest. Uh, there's four of us, so there are no more Bones Bros out there, just to let everyone know. Uh, but we're going to get him involved, and we're going to try to get some more podcasts coming out on Bones Bros Media, uh, you know, just with other content outside of golf. Uh, we got some good stuff that we want to talk about. So stay tuned for uh, more of that. There are a couple uh, fifth brothers out there, if you will. But, Wild Man, what was your favorite part of the Bone Collector's blog? I mean, uh, I actually was looking at that guy. I can't remember his name. Something O'Sullivan, the billiards guy. Right. And, and, you know, under the, uh, the ranking, it says, you know, just, just watch this masterpiece with a link to the guy running the table. And, uh, I don't even know what the game is called. Maybe snooker or something. Right. But you guys got to watch this. It, it is unbelievable. The guy makes every ball of, of there's got to be like 25 billiard balls on the table, makes every one. And it's just a really cool thing to see. But, uh, but I also just like uh, the throwback, you know, Stewie the Kid, Unger, yeah. you know, uh, uh, that was good stuff. Yeah, there were some good name drops. Oh, and by there. the way, finally, Bob Baffert, who uh, who 
the bone collector was ranking very, very highly is now banned. <laughs> yeah. you know, so he joins the likes of A-Rod and everybody else who's worth a hundred million, but, but that doggone reputation, you know, <laughs> son of a gun. No I'll trade my reputation for a friggin' dollar a square foot on the greens at, uh, Craig Ranch, you know? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, you can check that out on Twitter, Brones Brothers uh, Media. You can check me out on Twitter, Golf Guy WV, and my quest to 100 rounds. Once again, congratulations to Team North for winning the uh, Corona Cup and nothing but respect for Team South. Thank you guys so much for listening. For TW Man 66 and for Bones DK Golf, my name is Edge. Thanks so much for joining us, and good luck at the Byron Nelson. Yeah.